Welcome to the One More Rep Podcast, where you take it beyond the barbell. I am your host, Modingo, and with me, as always, is Bro. What's up, man? Mo just messed up. He usually reads the beer we're drinking, and he was looking for the can and couldn't find it. <laughs> the print was too small. But with me, is I see. with a nice new, because it just came out Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, batch number 23 from Nowhere in Particular Brewery. This one is a double dry hopped IPA. Ale brewed with experimental hop brew number one. And split malt. Sounds dangerous, Mo. Experimental. Yeah. You're in the military. <laughs> you kind of know what that word means. <laughs> All right. We need you to take this pill, but we're not yeah, sure it's, what it's going to yeah, do. We're not sure what the side effects are or how much of this you can take. And if you don't, you're kicked out. Exactly. But uh, it's got like a hit of pineapple in it. It's yeah. pretty good. Good summer beer. It's not too, too hoppy. Um, but I think he's really good at that. Yeah. I mean, most of the things are labeled as IPAs, but they're not overpowering. I think that's a trend that's going on with these beers is they're trying to get to that market of people who don't mind it, but don't like the overly um, super hoppy taste. Like makes your nose hair stand up when you drink it. Yeah, like a double or triple, you you know, that's just part of it. But I think they're trying to get more into the market of like, oh, you know what? I can kind of tolerate it, but... So it's, it's a shame for all you people outside of Ohio and uh, Michigan because uh, this is that, really good stuff. Yeah, I think it's going to Pennsylvania now, but they're trying to get nationwide. He's from the area, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, so we, we just need to get him on the show. We just need sponsored is what I'm thinking. <laughs> like, I mean, $11 four packs. Yeah, we, I mean, Mo can have a half a beer. We already know. <laughs> this is a 7.5. So if he starts slurring so about, about, so about seven minutes in, I'll probably be done. <laughs> He's going to start giggling. Yeah, he did... Uh, like one of our most recent uh, posts, so that was pretty cool. We're going to keep tagging them until they love our, until <laughs> they follow our, uh, follow us on Until they follow us, as, yes, there we go. All right, so thanks for all those five-star reviews. Thank you for all the comments and all the posts, and um, also thank you specifically for what we're going to talk about today with our Ask Us Anything episode. We sent out a message earlier in the week saying, hey, ask us anything you like, and you guys did a great job of that. Which that's dangerous coming from some of the people that we know <laughs> listen True. to some the show. some of our friends, yeah. We were very, you know... Mo put it out there, and I'm like, this could go bad. <laughs> like, he texted me later, like, bro, are you sure we should do this? <laughs> but we got a lot of cool stuff out of it. And the, one of the first ones we got was from Endeavor CrossFit. and Defense and Fitness. He, no, it was just the Endeavor CrossFit one, because I thought it was Endeavor Defense and Fitness, because I guess they have a couple of Instagrams. Oh, it's... I know, but Endeavor Defense and Fitness are yeah. good friends in Hilliard, Ohio. Uh, shout out to Aaron Janetti. I was make sure you got your uh, props there, Janetti. Yeah, our very first uh, guest on the show. And one of the questions was, "How do you handle athletes that constantly interrupt class?" So I think we're just going to kind of take this in a generic term when we say interrupt. And I think that kind of boils down to a cultural thing. You know, I know for you in particular, you've established a culture here at CrossFit Access where at the whiteboard, coach is the only one that speaks. It should be everywhere. Like, how annoying is that? Mm-hmm. Like, you know how it is. Like, you're trying to think about something. You're trying to make sure you cover all your points and all your modifications. And then someone is talking to someone. Has a sidebar conversation. I don't like, no, I stop right in the middle. I'm like, you want to come up here? <laughs> you want to see what this is like? Like, and you know, I've been doing this a long time now, but it's not that I forget, but I don't want to forget something mm-hmm. small that, you know, I really wanted to focus on because, you know, Yin and Yang sitting here jabbing at the mouth. Like, are you serious? 
Next time we're on a band is Apple Watches. If I see someone texting <laughs> on their Apple Watch again at the whiteboard, I'm going to chop their freaking hand off. You know, I've never paid attention to that. Yeah. Most of my athletes don't now wear watches oh. um, when they work out. I, a lot of them I'll tell them to take off because I just don't want the responsibility of, it getting, of them hitting it on something. Uh, there's a handful that use them to track. I guess, Heart I guess, rate. Is that what it is? Yeah, I, I don't do, know anything they, about they the Apple Watches. They do for heart rate and, 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 and things like that, which I'm cool with, but... Don't be responding to your text when I'm going over the thing. <laughs> they're in there like typing on their watch. We're going to start lopping hands off, Mo. It only takes one. You know that. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know who. You, you, know. you chop one hand off at the whiteboard, it is a <laughs> self-correcting it. problem. They're, they're not going to wear their watch anymore. Again, like Brody just said, when you're at the whiteboard and someone starts to have a sidebar conversation, it might not be distracting. I mean, it could be distracting to someone else who's trying to listen. It could be distracting to the coach who is trying to recite a particular uh, line of verbiage mm-hmm. when we're trying to give particular instruction or direction. But I think it kind of all just boils down to being polite. Respect. And respect and yeah. letting the coach coach because that is indeed coaching yeah. at the whiteboard. Even though, you know, there are certain instances at, at my gym when whenever we have someone that's brand new, we'll stop and we're like, okay, well, everybody introduce themselves and we'll do something silly like, hey, what's your favorite cheat snack? Mm-hmm. You know, so someone will say, you know, mint cho- you know, hi, Mo, mint chocolate chip. And then, you know, just kind of go around. Halo. But, Halo, Halo top. <laughs> <laughs> but then that there, that's a clearly defined period where um, those types of things are allowed. And then it immediately stops and those goes back to the instructional aspect of it. And I think that's something you, a very good point. You say it's a defined period. What happens is, and I, where this person most likely is coming from is if you let two people talk, through your warm up or you know the whiteboard time at one point in time, mm-hmm. then the next time you have it, two more people and there two different people are going to do it, and then the next thing is two different people. Now I'm going to start lopping heads off, Mo. <laughs> like there's only you know what I mean. It's just it's, it's there's only a certain there's a certain amount of respect. Mm-hmm. Like I give all of our members and athletes the utmost respect. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at it in their eyes when I'm when they're talking to each other. Yep. You know, I'm very you know I'm forward, but I'm I do it in a, a a manner to get the best out of someone, but also tell them where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. And I listen to everything they say. So if I'm going to respect you with all of my heart, I'm expecting mm-hmm. when it's time to listen and go through this instruction. Cause I'm honestly, we don't, I don't go up there and just point at stuff and just, this is the workout, this, 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 mm-hmm. there's, there's a reason. And there's a reason why we have whiteboard time because everybody can read, mm-hmm. right? So we, we don't even have to go up there, but there's a reason why we're up there. So, if I'm going to give the respect, I'm expecting the respect back. Exactly. And I think the medium between, you know, like me stopping talking and you lopping heads off, uh, there was a <laughs> it's coach, the same thing. There's a coach I used to have, uh, Mike Staterman, a.k.a. Stat Daddy. He used to have this little air horn. <laughs> and whenever people would start talking, he'd be like, eh, okay, you move over there. And it was like, like I, I totally enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. But some people didn't get as much enjoyment out of it as I did. But... You know, that's just that that's was why you ha- just chop heads off. I mean, <laughs> that was how he dealt with it, and I'm sure there's other methods, but I think what it boils down to is just trying to uh, have respect for the coach and and the other athletes. Yeah, I think that's what it gets pushed aside a lot. And we've talked about you know integrity and things like that inside your gym. That's just this is another example of being being polite and and respectful of not only the coach teaching but the other members of the gym and 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 why you said it's a cultural thing here because we don't let things like that slide because 
if we have someone that just came out of the training course or someone trying out our gym, mm-hmm. that's not who we are. Mm-hmm. We're not someone who sits up here and giggles and, and laughs and talks over the coach that's up at the whiteboard. We're a gym that doesn't allow that. So if they see that and they think that's the type of culture that we have, that's a huge misrepresentation of mm-hmm. what we are and what we expect of our members. Because especially with the way our city is set up, we have a lot of transient folks that come through here and you might only have one opportunity mm-hmm. to, to make an impression right. on that individual. So yeah, I always keep that in mind every day. But when you have visitors, it's probably more paramount to make sure that you're setting a good example. So that way those people are leaving and saying, man, that was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. Just don't talk for five minutes. I mean, how hard is it? <laughs> I know there's some people out there that love to talk, but come on. Another one that came from Facebook, which I thought this was a really great one. This came from Carrie Combs. And she asked us, how do you get family members or friends interested in CrossFit or any other form of health and fitness besides leading by example? I have people that I know that need to make a lifestyle change, but not sure how to convince them without seeming condescending. Yeah. So I think it goes beyond CrossFit, you know, just trying to help someone understand that they need to make a cultural change and we'll just say healthy change, mm-hmm. you know, for, for this particular question, I mean, how do you, how do you go about it? Well, I think it's something that is probably, I'm going to speak from CrossFit side mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's a fitness side too, but when you see a family member and you've made, you've made that leap and you've made a, you're making conscious decisions on your own fitness and health and you've seen what it's done for you mentally, physically, emotionally, mm-hmm all that stuff, it's, I don't know, you want it for your own family because they're the most important people to you, right? Mm-hmm. And you see them that they could be overweight. They could be, you know, deteriorating somewhat in some aspect, like mm-hmm. harder to get up and down like your parents. Yeah. And you want them to make that decision. But I think the hardest part is you can't convince anybody to. To make I, a choice that they're not ready to make. We've talked about this. You, yeah. It's just like quitting smoking. You have yep. to make that. That's what I was about to bring you up. Have to, you have to make that that choice. And until you make that choice, until they make that choice, I can talk to my mom who still haven't hasn't listened to an episode yet because I'm, I'm trying to deter her because I cuss a lot and uh, still won't cuss in front of her. But um, but I think I can tell her a million times. I've offered to take rowers out to the house, like mm-hmm. to give them a short program. I want them to do something. Mm-hmm. And uh, until they want that, I can't do anything because it just leads to an argument and they get defensive. Yeah. We, I think the first step, like, like Carrie said, is leading by example. Mm-hmm. You know, showing the positive results of your hard work and commitment to a fitness regime is probably the best way to convey that message to anyone. But I want to play devil advocate on that one because here's, here's the thing. We can lead by example – but if they're 35 years older than you, they're like, well, I can't, I can't do everything that you do. Mm-hmm. I hear it all the time. Like, you know how it is. It's like they, they think they have to do exactly what we're doing to get what we're doing. No, I want you to jump on a rower. Yeah, I want you to jump on a rower for 500 meters mm-hmm. for a max effort. And then we're going to start, you know, setting workouts based off of that and your splits and things. Right. That's all I want. And a zero impact machine, it's going to take you less than 10 minutes to do your, your fitness for mm-hmm. that day. That's what I want. But. That's what happens is we lead by example, but mm-hmm. they but, think. But then they see that. And then just doing something as simple as like, hey, I want you to sit on this box and stand up. Yeah. You know, every every 30 seconds for, for five minutes. Right. You know, and we've done that to athletes at, at my gym. 
and just getting them to understand that it's that it's okay to do something that simple, but at least you're doing something. I think a good example, and we'll wrap it up on that, is that um, Angie's mom has been trying. To, uh, we've been we've been here for four years now, and she just started CrossFit um, maybe a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. and um, she got her first blood panel done since. Oh, since since, since starting okay. since starting CrossFit, and she says. Well, I don't want you to get a big head or anything. <laughs> I don't get a big head anyways. I don't know why she said that. Probably the same reason she thought I'd be a, a mean mean to her when I was training. And she, she's went back on that too. But anyways, she said, um, got my blood panel back, and it's my triglycerides are the lowest they've ever been in my entire life. Mm-hmm. My cholesterol is dropping, and my doctor was very happy with the results. And I'm like, duh. Yeah. Fitness works. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it does. does. If you do something and you stay with it, your numbers are going to drop. I don't yeah. care who it is. I don't care if you're going through menopause. I don't care if you're 70, 80, 90 years old mm-hmm. or you're 20. It's going to work. There's going to be positive impacts to any of the work that you do in here. Um, another question from our good friend Matt Platt, who did our last most recent bonus episode with marketing. He wants to know, did you order the code red? Mimo just had this talk. <laughs> I don't know why he bringing it up. I knew what it was, but I didn't know what it was in reference to. Colonel Nathan R. Jessup from Rifle Security Company, Windward, Guantanamo Bay. Oh, come on, man. Bro, I've seen the movie. I get it. Maybe it's because I'm military. Like, I just sort of remember that stuff. Uh, another question from one of our friends over in Germany, Blake Mam. Uh-oh. Did he say it right? We're oh. going to take a poll. Is it Mam or Mam? I don't know. <laughs> Meg says he can't say it right. Yeah, she, <laughs> she did say that. And his question is, is a level one worth it if you have no desire to coach? Whew. I don't know. Mo, yeah, you, I, you had a desire to coach. Yeah. Mo, Mo, Mo can answer this. Uh, in my personal opinion, I think it is. When I went to the L1 course, I'd been doing CrossFit for about five or six years. And the intent was to coach at some point. I wasn't doing it so that way I could start my internship like the following week. It was just one of those slow progressions. But after going through it, I kind of wish I had taken that course a lot earlier in my CrossFit career, only because there were things in there that I learned that would have probably helped me avoid some bad habits in the respect that they were teaching you how to coach. And it's very basic when you come to the big, you know, all things that is CrossFit, it's a very fundamental and basic course. So don't expect to come out of there and you're all, all of a sudden going to be able to run a gym all by yourself and coach you know, <laughs> five classes a day. I mean, it happens. It does happen. It, it happens so much. But that shouldn't be your expectation. But I would argue that in learning how to coach someone, it helped me un- better understand my body and how I could better move during a workout or during a particular uh, movement. Right. Yeah, so for me on the L1, you know, I, I don't know. When I went through it, I was like, Mo, I had been CrossFitting for about three and a half, four years, something mm-hmm. like that. So I went into it with a, a pretty good understanding of what CrossFit and how to move mm-hmm. and what I thought moved properly. And uh, so I go into it, and I was honestly let down. I I think the L1's a joke, mm-hmm. personally. $1,000 t-shirt. And I think that's a that's a horrible, right? I mean, that's the that's the inside joke of mm-hmm. like I just paid a thousand dollars for my T-shirt, yeah, 
and this T-shirt sucks, just like yeah, in my not, pay, just like the L one. Do you have the one with the with the pyramid, or do you have mm-hmm. the old one? Old school. Like, yeah, I, I like that one very, way better. Yeah, yeah, I don't even fit. Like, it's <laughs> stupid. Because all your gains since then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, right in the gut. No, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's a hard subject for me because I think it gives you a false sense of security when you go into L one. I would absolutely and, agree with and, that. And it didn't for me. I my expectations are. I mean, I knew I was a trainer, but I found out I really wasn't a trainer, I guess, when I was exposed to some other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but for like Mo was saying, people they'll, people leave there in open gyms. And that is, that's the, that's, they've never trained anybody. Yeah, there, there were some people in my class who were like, yeah, when I get back Monday, I'm going to be the head trainer at my gym. I mean, come on. That's, they're. <sighs> for me, when you said that uh, you were let down, I was already prepared to not walk out of there with a full tool bag. Of teaching of teaching tools, only because in the military I was an instructor, mm-hmm. and I knew coming out of my instructor course I was not ready to be an instructor. Right. I still knew there was a road to development. I had to develop my own security within my ability to instruct, and also you know do an internship and take some tools from the instructors that were kind of my peer group that I was mentored by. But like you said, there were some people out there. Oh yeah, I'm going to be the head coach when I get back. It- yeah, I, to do it for fun, you can. I mean, if you mm-hmm. want to spend a thousand bucks and go do it, um, some people come out and they're like, "Man, I learned so much," and I'm like, "That's good. It's good that you learn." But I'm also thinking, you've done CrossFit for two years now. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how you could learn so much if you've been doing it for that long. It, it can be a gut check to see, man, why didn't I know? Why wasn't I taught this? Yeah. And I think that's kind of, I don't know. It, I don't think it's. I don't think it's worth a thousand. Uh, to just go do it, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you can do if it. you have a thousand dollars to burn and you don't have any desire to be a coach, I think probably that sweet spot is maybe like that two to three year point. I agree. Yeah, I would say if you're going to do it, don't do it six, six years m- into it, like me. Six years into yeah. or six months into Agreed. doing CrossFit because yeah. you still don't even know what the hell's going on. Exactly. And um, but yeah, I guess there if you're if you're going to do it, don't wait a little bit, but don't wait too long. Yeah, get some get some time on the road get a little bit of experience as an athlete, you know, if your desire is to coach, you know, but like Brody just said, don't go in there, you know, six weeks, six months into your CrossFit life and all of a sudden go get an L1 because you're not going to learn the fine details or appreciate the mm-hmm. fine details as much as if you have a little bit of experience. And, and in all honesty, I'll, I'll pick it back onto the L2. I didn't, I learned one little tidbit personally mm-hmm. and it really, it was real shocking to me. Um, I, and, you know, L2, these are all L1 certified instructors already. Mm-hmm. And they they were very – There's most of them was very hesitant to get in front of their peers, their peer us, group, yeah. and teach us through a movement or mm-hmm. make corrections. And just to me, that was more eye-opening than anything. Like, so now you have your L2, and you can barely get up and instruct people who already know how to move, should how to know how to move properly mm-hmm. – and that was kind of a, another big eye-opening thing to me. I really don't know. CrossFit, CrossFit, CrossFit gets hammered a lot on how good their certifications are. And I'm going to say, hey, it's, it's not good enough for me mm-hmm. personally for what I expect. Your expectations. My expectations as a trainer, I, don't, I think it's a fraction of what you should learn. Now, there are other offerings aside from the L1, maybe not directly through CrossFit, but like the USAW. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great course. Okay. Uh, it it fixed a lot of bad habits that I had 
in a very short period of time. So you're saying it's, it was it was good to go for you for me, yes, not as a not as, as an instructor, not as an instructor, no, okay. but but as an as an athlete. Yeah, that they really fine tuned my game. I mean, granted, I'm still gonna be learning because it's not something right. that you take a, a 16 hours of instruction and boom, all of a sudden you're going to Pan Ams. It's not like that. I wish it was. No, I, no, I don't. <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> but no, as an athlete, I felt that was pretty beneficial because Olympic lifting. I mean, from from my athletic background, that's not anything I've ever encountered, and my I couldn't get my brain to convince my body to do certain things and luckily and i think the other benefit of the usaw is that the classes were much smaller okay i think i had maybe 10 people in my class for two instructors well two and a half instructors because they had like someone interning with their instructor staff so that was great having that really small ratio they put us like in groups of three or four and we had lots of you know intimate time with those and not 50 exactly yeah. you have 50 with which is what what you're going to get with your L1 and mm-hmm. probably maybe four or five coaches if you're lucky right yeah so. and L2 it was down to i think 25 mm-hmm. uh, people that was attending um, but yeah i think though i'll eventually do my USAW um, oh you've never done it okay. and but i don't know it's just once again i not that i can't and don't want to learn but also people think they have a certificate, not you, but other people think I have a certificate and like now they're, I'm USA Dose certified. I'm like, you still can't teach it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. care what kind of certificate you have. And that will, it circles back on that false sense of the security, security yeah. of, oh, I have my certificate. Now I'm a, I'm a tra- No, dude, you are just now allowed Legally, to, legally to yeah. say that, and we've said this before. Yeah, in the coach, your 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 learning does not stop. Absolutely not. And I would say, get that, get some knowledge. It helped Mo with his personal lifts and things like that. And then seek out more knowledge. Mm-hmm. And just like I have, and I would say I'm pretty decent at teaching uh, weightlifting to people. And I don't have my certification, mm-hmm. but it's not mean I I don't I won't get one. Mm-hmm. But I just. You don't have to have a certificate to be good at something. No. You don't have to have a degree to start a business. You don't have to have no. a degree to be successful in life. It's about what you put into life and what you put into whatever you want to learn mm-hmm. and learning that and then applying it. Absolutely. So speaking of Olympic lifting, another question from Endeavor Defense and Fitness. Mm-hmm. Do I really need to learn how to snatch? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's part of what we do. Well, constantly no, varied. I get where he's coming from because that's that's something that you hear quite often. There's you know how many gyms that I see on the affiliate forums that don't snatch at all in their classes. Really? Mm-hmm. They don't even teach it. They don't have it in their class. They don't have it in CrossFit. They said it's not needed for their members. And I'm like, wow, I've never been to a gym that hasn't done Olympic lifting. Yeah, I have never been to one, but I've heard of and talked to people who have and currently allow that in their gym where they don't have the snatch huh. or Olympic lifting and. Um, I think it's stupid, but that's my opinion because mm-hmm. I think something you learn from the snatch is it's not just the movement. It's mobility, flexibility, balance. Body awareness. Body awareness, yeah. explosiveness, the strength, mm-hmm. the uh, agility. There's everything that goes. I just said what CrossFit is, and you're trying to take <laughs> one of the movements away. You know, it's like um, taking that out, in my opinion, and people that do it, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie, is because they don't want to teach it. And they're not confident in teaching it, and therefore, they're just going to remove it. And it's funny because on Tuesday, I taught a class, and there were two guys that just happened to walk in that are lifters. Power, one was a power lifter. One is just a gym rat. And 
just ha- so happened we had we were working snatch that day. So mm-hmm. you know, once I got the rest of the class squared away, I got those two guys, and I was like, all right, we're gonna work on probably one of the most difficult movements in all of fitness. And then I just had a PVC, you know, and they were kind of getting flustered and all that stuff. And I was like, guys, there are world class athletes that spend hours a day mm-hmm. with a piece of PVC pipe, just like you are. I was like, this is not an easy movement. No, I was like, so don't get flustered. I was like, you know, I was like, I took a class on this stuff and I still suck at it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was really uh, good to see the relief on their face because they felt like I was burdening or they were burdening me mm-hmm. because I spent so much time. I was like, no, 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 this is not an easy thing to do. And the, and this kind of circles back to what I'm saying. They don't want to put this. You have you have new athletes. Mm-hmm. Well, in our training course, we cover it's one full class. Mm-hmm. It literally is one full class, and that's how important I think it is. But it's if you, what I don't understand, you're going to teach a hang power clean, but you're not going to teach a hang power snatch. You hit the same freaking positions. You just go overhead with the barbell, mm-hmm. and, and your hands you, are out a little bit further. Yeah, you take a snatch grip, so it's up about six inches to get into the pocket, and it goes overhead. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to teach it, but it's literally the same exact teaching points as far as from the high hang to the top of the knee to even from we only teach the hang initially mm-hmm. and uh you can't teach that but you can take, teach a hang power clean whatever uh i think that snatch should be in it i think it's it, it's more than a lift it's, yeah i personally enjoy the olympic stuff because it's hard you know it's not easy and it takes a lot of time and even like what i tell my athletes like guys i you know if you really want to get good at this you need to spend some extra time on that platform over there you know, on whenever we have our Olympic days mm-hmm. and go spend, you know, dedicate an hour just working on that first pull. <laughs> and then you'll dedicate another hour working on the second pull. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, you just got to yeah. put the time in, but to, I mean, don't, don't you, don't cop out of it because you don't want to teach it. If you don't, if you don't want to teach a snatch, come up with a better reason that, you know, you just don't think people should snatch because that's what I hear. Yeah, it's interesting. I've never heard that. So. Oh, yeah, my, uh, you know, you hear um, my stay-at-home mom doesn't need to learn how to do a power snatch. I'm like, why not? Yeah. You, you, you teach her everything else, but you don't want to teach her one element. Yeah. I mean, why did, why does she, what, what's she going to do, back squats at home? Is she gonna, I mean, is she, <laughs> I mean, seriously, is she going to throw her kids on their back and start back squatting? Yeah. But you want to teach her a back squat or a, a clean, like I said, or a front squat? No, you're teaching them that, so... Take, let's just take away everything except how to stand up and sit down. <laughs> I mean, let's just take it all away. Interesting. I'll have to ask some of my friends about this because I've never come yeah. across this before. The things you learn when you're a gym owner, Mo. Come on. <laughs> it's, just, it's like you get a key to the gate. All right, we got one last one from Steph Varga. He's one of my old coaches, and he sent us a nice email, but we're just going to yeah, extract was- a couple questions out of this um, but thanks for the email. We really appreciate it. No, that. it was a sick email, and uh, maybe I should drink a couple of beers before I start sending stuff. <laughs> that could be really dangerous <laughs> for me because there's a lot of stuff I type out on Facebook that I end up just erasing. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I want to hit send so bad. I just want to – I'm so tired of this person's stuff. Anyways, so um, his question was, uh, regarding body image, not so much a question but an observation. Most of the episode was focused on women looking stronger, et cetera. Y'all steered clear of addressing those athletes who are more renowned, but are mostly coming in regularly and putting in some level of work. Is there any reason why? Nope. No. No, not at all. I think I would say we didn't we didn't talk about that specifically, but I think everything we said for the body image goes right into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there's no difference if 
if you're extremely small, uh, if you're a guy who's really skinny, mm-hmm. right? Or that can be very that's emotionally just, challenging for oh, some absolutely. people. Absolutely. Yeah. Very frail. Uh, you can't put weight on. It doesn't matter what you eat uh, to the person who's completely obese or everybody in between. I think the same thing goes and is applied from what we said to actually get into the uh, how you feel as a person, the things that people say about you, how mm-hmm. people treat you, what they say about you. And I would say... This, the bad part about this is, honestly, uh, we can, this is a good comparison. If you have someone who is slightly overweight, okay, uh, works out a little bit, mm-hmm. they never get body shamed. But you got someone who dedicates their <laughs> every day to working out, uh, and they have, you know, yeah. uh, say they're the guy and they have 7 or 8% body fat, and you're a female and you're about 10% body mm-hmm. fat. They get body shamed. Like, that, are you kidding me? That sounds so absolutely absurd, but it, it, I've never thought about that. Yeah. But that's that's who we were kind of speaking to, yeah. is that odd minority. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it. That's really weird. Man, look at that. I'm Dropping knowledge. What? It's this, it's this experimental <laughs> hop. It's, giving me- it's making me smarter. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but yeah, you see what I mean? It's yeah. like someone who probably could dedicate more time to fitness and doesn't mm-hmm. no one says it. their friends don't shame them like oh hey you should go hit the gym you should hit the gym more right yeah they don't say that yeah but they're like tell oh no these... you look great you look awesome but yet they'll tell these other people yeah you're looking kind of manly right oh wow, wow that's... haters gonna hate mo Th- that is that's like mm-hmm. the epitome of hatred right there that's gonna be one of our uh one more rep podcast shirts haters H- gonna haters hate. gonna hate yep and a big middle <laughs> finger emoji all right so that brings this first episode of ask us anything to a close uh we do want to bring up the fact we did gain a little bit more traction in some states so we've recently picked up montana south dakota kansas i wonder who that is and new hampshire what's up michigan <laughs> you're hating on ohio we say we ain't got michigan punk so who are we missing we are missing michigan wyoming nebraska mississippi west virginia and rhode island so this week's call to action. If you know anybody in those states, tag them and tell them to listen to it and also have them uh, hit us up and let us know that they're the first people in those states to give us a listen. We've also picked up a couple more countries, uh, Korea, Yugoslavia, the Bahamas, and Thailand. So come on. Come on, Wyoming. You know, like Thailand beat you? What's up? I wonder who's in the Bahamas, man. Someone's on vacation. That's what's I up. I bet you that's what it was. Yeah, they got nobody in the Bahamas care about our podcast. They got, they got freaking 80 degree weather. Yeah, and like, yeah they have the Bahamas. Yeah, right. They're podcast and they got problems. That brings this week's episode to a close. I'm Mo and I'm out. Later. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the One More Rip Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at One More Rip Podcast or on Twitter at Can I Get One More? Or shoot us an email at can I get one more at gmail.com. Do you want the, the other dry erase? No, I'm good. We just use okay. this for now. For the next one, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you can see that shit though. <laughs> Asshole. I'm just saying, you're retiring. <laughs> well, I have it on the the really big font on my phone. Hey, what day is your retirement? Is this 27 July? No, it's a um, Friday. Okay, cool. So then. The ceremony, actual ceremony is on Friday at 3 o'clock. And then uh, after party downtown. And yeah, then, what was that place? Uh, therapy. It's on 3rd. the hell is that? It's just a small, like, local club. They oh, do, it's um, it's th- like a club? Yeah. They're doing, uh, my friend's uh, hooked it up so he can do a silent disco that night. What's that? So, you know, you normally go to a club and there's music blaring everywhere. Well, um, 
when you walk in, you get a set of headphones. And then there's three different DJs playing, and they're playing three different types of music. So you can pick whatever music you want, and you can look across the room and see what people are listening to because the headphones change colors whenever you change stations. So it, it's, yeah, it's kind of hard to understand. No, I can understand, I understand it. But, but one of the things that when you first tell owners, club owners about it, like, oh, it's going to make everybody segregate, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's actually the opposite because you, you're jamming to whatever channel and you see somebody else across the floor that has, like, a, the blue headphones on and you, like, point at them and, like, you go hang out with them and stuff like that. And it's pretty cool. Huh. But the, the craziest thing about it is, like, you'll walk in and it's, like, silent. You just hear, like, feet shuffling, like, some mumbling. And then you'll start all of a sudden hear somebody singing like from the windows to the wall, but there's no music playing oh, if you God. don't have your headphones. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Definitely different. Never heard of it. 